Revelation 3, Luke 17, and Philippians 3. Let's listen to God's holy and infallible word. We'll be picking up these texts uh, as the message goes on. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation. I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. And then from Luke, suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Would he say to the servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat? Would he not rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, you may eat and drink. Would he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you were told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants, we have only done our duty. And then could we read this Philippians 3 passage together? Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So friends, our mission Statement. Our mission as a church is that we at faith and anybody who comes here would experience God's word, express God's love, and equip God's people. I don't think we've ever said those three parts together. Could we just do that? Experience God's word, express God's love, equip God's people. So this several-week sermon series that's ending today is uh, based on uh, council uh, taking our, a strategic team's recommendation to focus on three strategic pillars so that we can grow in the mission of our church. And the first pillar is devotional that we'd experience God's word better by growing in our personal and family devotions. Second, relational, that we'd express God's love better as we develop our relationships inside and outside the church. And finally, it's aspirational today that we'd equip God's people better as we serve in the church and as we serve beyond Maybe you wonder a little bit, what does aspirational even mean? I think just at a glance, you might say, well, I get devotional, I get relational, uh, but what is this about? What does aspirational look like, in other words? Well, aspiration, to have aspiration, it's related to words like ambition, Dreaming, being eager, having passion, having an objective, and having goals, pushing forward, going for it, 
vigor, energy, enthusiasm, zeal. People talk about what we talk about what we want to aspire to in life, right? And that helps us make the connection about what aspiration is all about. A student might aspire to get an A in a class or in sports to be all conference or team captain or in band or orchestra to be uh, first chair. A college student might aspire to get a certain degree and later to embark on this or that career. Any one of us might aspire to get a promotion at work. The Heisingas and the Piersmas aspire to raise Camden and Zoe well. The Bible, in a number of places, speaks to our aspirations. And Philippians 3, those couple verses that we all read together, really kind of nail it in terms of what does aspirational look like for our spiritual life. I press on to take hold of that for which Jesus took hold of me, straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize. And, and for our church as a whole, it's the opposite of that church in Laodicea in Revelation 3 that was called lukewarm by Jesus. So apparently this church was once on fire. They were once passionate. They were once enthusiastic. But now they're so unenthusiastic. They're so indifferent. They're so spiritually dull that Jesus says he wants to spit them out of his mouth. What does it mean for us and for God's people and in particular for faith church to be aspirational. Well, there's something that my grandpa Shuringa used to say that's helpful to me, and I hope it's helpful to you. So he moved, I'm not going to tell the whole family history, but he moved his family from Oak Lawn to northwest Indiana in the mid-1960s and started a chicken farm around DeMott, Indiana, wheat field. They sold eggs. And he would tell my dad, who worked on that farm when he was a teenager, that most people, when they do their work, give an 80% effort at their jobs. And instead, he encouraged my dad to give it 110%. 110%. And now you might ask, that's literally impossible. <laughs> right? A hundred percent is everything you've got, obviously. But, but here's what my grandpa Shuringa meant by giving it 110 percent. Um, when An example from when my dad was younger is when he was asked, told to sweep up an area of the chicken buildings or of the eggplant. Uh, he, he'd sweep that all up. It looks really good. And then find one more corner of that room that isn't that could be a little bit better so it's when you're asked to do a job or a task you do the job and then you look for a little something else to do a little extra 
My first real job was working in a, in a pretty large uh, greenhouse during and after college. And my boss was an immigrant from the Netherlands, and he was very, very strict. Um, he had a little dark mustache, and he, it kind of looked like Hitler, and he kind of ruled with an iron fist. He was kind of the, the dictator of the place, honestly. And he kept his greenhouses spotless. No other greenhouse looked that good, I'm sure, in the entire county, maybe the whole state. When we had to sweep up soil after planting, you didn't just sweep, even if it was a little bit, you couldn't just sweep that dirt uh, under the tables of plants in, in sort of the gravel. You swept it in a pile even if it was this little. And then with a shovel, you put it back in the soil cart. And, and so to do that 110%, when you were sweeping that, that soil, that planting soil, that dirt, you were as thorough as you could be. And, and it was over a concrete floor. So that concrete floor looked clean. But then you looked for, what's a little bit more I can do around here? Is, is, is over here a little more soil that needs to be dirt that needs to be cleared, a little more that you could do. And, and when, when we put pots of plants on the tables, you did more than just put them on the tables. You made sure they were aligned just so they were straight. And, and when, you, when we packed uh, semi-trailers full of boxes of plants, instead of just getting them on there, you pack them in tight. You make sure the boxes are neat and even so we could get as much on those trailers as we could. Thinking of the workplace, if your workday starts at 7 a.m., you arrive at 6.55 a.m. ready to go. The average worker out there shoots for 7, and if they're a couple of minutes late sometimes, oh well, it's just my job, right? That's an 80% worker. Um, for my daughters, as they have learned over the years to babysit, Sarah taught them that in addition to doing whatever the parents wanted you to do, um, caring for the kids, right, playing with them, getting them to bed, reading to them, also look for a little something extra you can do. Tidy up. If there are dirty dishes, wash them, dry them. So arriving more than just on time, but early, doing what you're asked to do, but then a little bit more, that's what I'm talking about with 110% work. That is the secret for success in the workplace. You will stand out from the crowd. Also, you're going to find satisfaction in your work, no matter what work you're doing, if you're always looking for something else that you can do, that you can contribute. You think people that are given it 80% are happy workers? There's no way, no way. Like most people in the world, they probably hate their job, but life becomes a lot more fun if you're trying to give it 110%, and then things are never going to be boring. In that Luke text, that was a little bit tricky to figure out what was going on. Did, did you catch that? So it, what it's doing is it's talking about a servant who has done their job. And 
do you get a reward for doing your job? No. Just doing your duty doesn't even deserve a thank you. But if you do extra, then a reward, a thank you, is deserved. Another way besides giving it 110%, we can talk about this, is going above and beyond the call of duty, right? We use that phrase. Now, what does an aspirational church look like? So we want to take this idea to our church. It's one of the three strategic pillars. This pressing on, this straining toward what is ahead, seeking the prize. What does that look like in the church? Enjoying what we do here, giving it our all, to be enthusiastic, to go above and beyond, to give it 110%. Well, there's a lot of ways and things we could mention, I bet, but um, I would think that in, like an 80% church kind of will let the church building, the facility and property physically go downhill over the years, but a 110% church keeps things up and looking sharp so that when people come in, they're like, huh, these people at faith look like they really care about their church. In a 110% church, uh, when there's a, a cranky person in the church, instead of everybody avoiding them, what do we do? We go out of our way to show our love to that person. In a 110% church, when, when members and attenders decide to give, they, they, they think, okay, I can give this much, but then they think, can I give, can I give a little bit more? Um, and that's, that's what Sarah and I did when, I think it was a year ago, I think it was just last summer when we um, updated our, our weekly online giving. Uh, we assigned, you know, how it works when you go on there, or with envelopes. We assign most of our weekly giving to the general fund and then also a portion to several other funds that you have an option to when you go online or if you use your envelopes. So that brought us to a weekly total. And we thought, let's do a little better than that. Let's push it a little bit more. Let's stretch ourselves. Let's walk in faith by doing a little bit more than what just makes sense. Let's do 110%. 80% churches are plateauing or they're going downhill. And I'm not just talking about numbers, but 80% churches uh, are just maintaining or even losing steam in terms of their influence, their vitality, their faith. A 110% church tries new ideas like the brotherhood. The men's fall retreat and, and is, develops new and updated and fresh partnerships with Roseland CRC and Ministries. I think we got a group actually there this morning. Uh, and, and new partnerships with Ebenezer CRC and Berwyn. 110% church isn't content with doing a good job. They want to do a great job for Jesus. And so the council commissioned a strategic team to see how and where we can do better. An 80% church is content with the status quo of our devotional life 
and our relationships. But a 110% church wants to go deeper in devotional life and go deeper and wider in knowing others in the church family as well as outside the church family and develop relationships in the community. In a 110% church, everybody is looking and thinking, starting with our pastors and our leadership, what more can we do beyond the basics of keeping the church going? What can we dream about as we sit in our committee meetings and elders meetings and council meetings and ministry teams? What more can we do to go above and beyond? To strive for excellence, not just getting the job done. Whether we're talking about our Sunday school and children's church curriculum, the quality of our child care in those nurseries, serving at pads, our worship music. There's a final question that's very, very important to answer, and we'll be in big trouble if we don't. Where does this aspiration come from? Where does this aspiration come from? Does it come from our own plucky spirits, from ourselves, from within? And if that's so, that's just another call to, to do more, to try harder. And that's what the Pharisees did in Jesus' day. That's not it. That's, that's humanism. That's faith in the plucky human spirit. What that says is that the recipe for success in life is to muster up all that we have, pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps, push ourselves harder, give it all we've got. The problem with that is that we've got nothing of our own to give in order to be aspirational. We've got nothing. We've got nothing that is but our old sinful nature, which keeps trying to bring us down. But when we belong to Jesus, the Bible says we're given a new nature. We become a new creation. 1 Corinthians 5 says the old has gone, the new has come, and then there's something there. There's a whole lot there. Then we can tap in and reach the strength of the Holy Spirit who is in our hearts. And we discover that there is more there than we realize. God himself is with us. God himself is in us. And about the new nature, we read, all this is from God. It's all from God. And so understanding that, we can actually really talk about giving it all we've got. Not in a humanistic sense, but in the sense of knowing that the new nature and everything that includes, all we got comes from God. Right? It's, if it's about trying harder, if it's about doing more, it's gonna, we're going to fail. We're going to fall flat on our faces. We'll burn out. But if it's about living in and out of God's work, we can. So what was God's work again? Well, it was in sending his son, Jesus, who gave it not 110%, 
But even more, he gave his very life on the cross for our salvation to free us from our sins, to free us from our sufferings, and to free us from our sad 80% lives. I mentioned that 80%, sort of what my grandpa said the average worker gave it and gives it, but 80% actually might be a little generous. I I know a guy who works in in the masonry business, and he once said, lamenting what was going on in his workplace, he said, "I, I, I wish... I wish that my employees would even give me 50%. And, and obviously, ultimately, we're, we don't go around judging what workers and people around us, how much of themselves they're giving toward their job or career. That wouldn't make for friendly office or workplace uh, relationships, right? We don't do that. But here's what we do know. What we do know. Certainly, in terms of our relationship with the Lord, None of us has come even close to giving it 80%. We're not even close to getting the job done in order to have a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And so God, in His graciousness, in His mercy, in His kindness, and in His love, sent Jesus. And by His grace, when we call on the Lord, He looks at Jesus' work and righteousness and sees our work in righteousness and so we can give it 110 percent because we have his strength and power and because we're so very thankful for all we've got from him when you think of of this world and uh you know you kind of think of and picture uh the night sky right it's so dark there's that 80% darkness, the world. But because of Jesus, you've got the 110% there too. The stars shining in the darkness, the supernovas, the Christians out there, the church and society. You know, when, when, when God calls us home, we could... We could punch it in at the, at the pearly gates with 80%. But, but when you and I see our Jesus face to face, aren't we going to wish that we gave it 110% for the one who gave his all for us? Aren't we going to wish that we gave all that we got from him back? So what does, um, what does giving it all you've got mean, mean for you today? Um, We certainly want to think about all areas of our life because it's all for God's glory. It's all for Jesus, whatever we're doing. But in particular, what does it mean for us here in Faith Church together? Uh, For the areas that you're serving in or maybe areas that you're asked to serve in. What does it mean for your prayer life, your worship life, as you give time, talent, resources for God's kingdom coming here at faith. For the many here already giving it 110%, praise the Lord and God bless you. But if that's not how you've thought about serving in the church, what's the extra that you can do 
so that we can be a 110% church, giving it all we've got because of all that we've got from our Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Oh, Lord, in our spiritual lives, personally, uh, in our uh, life as a church family where we want to be equipping and 